everyone, and welcome back to another odd and macabre episode of Vamp Jen's Corner, an extension of my official blog site of the same name, which you can visit at jenbosquez.com. I'm your host, Vamp Jennifer, or Jen, whatever suits your fancy. August 30th is Frankenstein Day, a date that honors the classic novel by Mary Shelley as well as her birthday. To commemorate this annual event, I thought it would be fun to share some ways we can all pay tribute. There may not be a time machine to transport us to 1818, the year the book was released, to chat with the author, but why not use the imagination to bring to life our own monstrous creations? As always, I'll include links in the show notes to where you can find the blog post version of this episode and any relevant links to the content discussed. Now, let's get this Frankenstein Day party started. I thought it'd be interesting to first share some facts about Mary Shelley and her monster. And in case you missed my announcement in my Instagram stories, I recently turned this information into a blog post and it contains additional details I'm not mentioning here so you can revisit the facts I'm about to share. I'll put that link in the show notes as well. So some of these facts you may already know and some may sound new to you. She is notorious today as being a major figure in the literary horror gothic genre and several events that happened in her life played out like a horror story as well and you'll find out why I say that in a second. First fact, Shelley was born on August 30th, 1797 in London and was destined to become a great writer. It was literally in her blood. Her father was philosopher and political writer William Godwin, and her mother was Mary Wollstonecraft, who was known for being a feminist and wrote a vindication of the rights of women. Sadly, her mother died when she was only 10. Next fact. Mary was a very imaginative child and enjoyed crafting short stories. Suffice it to say, she caught the writing bug at an early age. She would also sometimes read by her mother's grave. Third fact, Mary was 17 when she met famed poet Percy Besh Shelley. He was married and so they had an affair, which resulted in Percy eventually leaving his wife. This did not bode well for Mary's reputation and the couple, along with her stepsister, escaped England for a while. 4. Mary lost three children. She only had one son who survived into adulthood, named after his father, Percy. Her firstborn, a daughter, lived only a few days. Some sources say that this tragedy is what started her wheels turning about writing a story that had to do with resurrecting the dead. 5. Unfortunately, death continued to follow Mary throughout her life. Her half-sister Fanny committed suicide, and not too long after, Percy's wife, Harriet, took her own life as well. Mary and Percy married after the death of his wife, but the author would become a widow at the ripe age of 24. In 1822, while out sailing, there was a storm and her husband drowned. Percy's body washed up on the shores days later. Now, fact number six ties into Percy's untimely passing. He was cremated, but his heart wouldn't burn. So Mary kept his calcified heart, wrapped within the parchment of one of his poems on her desk. Seriously, how hardcore gothic is that? The keepsake was found by her son after Mary died in 1851. Okay, so I know that's a lot of heavy facts to take in, so I'm going to switch up the mood a bit. Seven, while many circumstances no doubt influenced the narrative of Frankenstein, the widely held belief is that during the summer of 1816, Mary and Percy took a trip to Geneva, Switzerland to visit their friend, Lord Byron, at his villa. The entire party consisted of Mary, Percy, Byron, and John William Polidori, and possibly a few other guests. 
On a dark and stormy night, Lord Byron came up with the idea of a horror writing contest. They each had to write a ghostly tale, and so that's the evening Mary began penning her notorious gothic novel. I've also read that the story was inspired by a terrifying nightmare she had during her stay in Geneva. And on a side note, did you all catch my mention of John William Polidori? He is the author of The Vampire, which is the novella attributed to inspiring Bram Stoker to write Dracula. Many people also believe it was that night Polidori came up with the notion for his vampiric narrative. Now, on to fact number eight. When Frankenstein was published in 1818, Mary Shelley chose to do so anonymously. She was worried that because she was a woman, the book wouldn't profit. Many people attributed the work to Percy Shelley because he wrote the preface. Although her identity as the author went unknown for a time, her work was well received. There were some haters out there that delivered nasty reviews, but there were more fans of the dark tale than negative critics, and its success motivated Mary to continue writing. The novel was republished in 1823 under her name. Fact number nine. Did you know the version of Frankenstein commonly read today differs from the original manuscript first published? Mary revisited the story in 1831 and altered certain details to make it less controversial and more palatable to a mainstream audience. Fact number 10. While Frankenstein is categorized as a gothic horror story, it's also viewed as the novel that gave birth to the science fiction genre. And if you're familiar with the storyline, this makes total sense. A mad scientist and his monstrous creation are at the center of a plot that explores scientific experimentation and begs fascinating questions about human existence and power. Fact number 11. Although Mary Shelley is most recognized for Frankenstein, she wrote and published other novels. They are Valperga, The Last Man, The Fortunes of Perkin Warbeck, Faulkner, and Matilda. That last one wasn't published until 1959, over a century after her death. She had actually worked on Matilda after the release of Frankenstein between 1819 and 1820. The storyline's a bit controversial and centers on a father who has an incestuous obsession with his daughter. She sent the final draft to her dad, hoping he would think it was good enough for publication, but he was completely aghast at the narrative and refused to have anything to do with it but it's available now for readers to dig into. And the final fact I have for you, number 12, that I think none of us can deny or argue with, is that Mary Shelley was a badass. She made a name for herself in an industry dominated by men and paved the way for future female identifying writers. She pushed the boundaries when it came to the ideas she was writing about and left behind an amazing legacy. All right, so now that you learned some important facts about our guest of honor, Mary Shelley, let's talk about how we can celebrate her memory and horror novel in full-blown gothic style. First, how about we concoct a Frankenstein-inspired cocktail? What better way to kick off the discussion than with an adult beverage to toast to this horror-filled day? Pinterest alone offers a nice variety. I'm going to share some of the ones I've come across and I'll link them in the show notes, but definitely do a search too because the options are limitless. And with spooky season around the corner, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of recipes floating around online for Frankenstein-themed libations. I'm going to share six. The last three are new additions. They were not included in the original blog post, but they're added now. First, the Sour Frankenstein cocktail. 
This cocktail is basically a cucumber margarita and is perfect if you're short on time but still want to get creative. Then we have the Frankenstein Halloween cocktail. This vodka-based drink calls for the use of gummy eyeballs and black sugar. Then we have the Bride of Frankenstein cocktail. The celebration wouldn't be complete if we didn't raise a glass to the creature's bride with this refreshment that is made with a splash of the bubbly. This one is perfect for all of you who enjoy sparkling wine. Then we have the Freaky Frankenstein Cocktail. This is from the Purple Pumpkin blog, and the color of the drink is also purple. It's an apple vodka concoction and includes an apple liqueur, a melon liqueur, lemon sparkling water, and black food coloring. Then we have the Frankenstein Drink Green Halloween Cocktail. The recipe comes from the site Cocktails with Class and uses Crystal Head Vodka. On the website, it appears to be a shot served in one of the brand's skull glasses, but of course you can use the alcohol of your choice and serve it in some sort of spooky glassware. Other ingredients include blue curacao, orange juice, and pineapple juice. And lastly, we have Frankenstein the cocktail. This libation from First Pour Cocktails calls for egg whites, tequila, mezcal, and a slew of other goodies. It's served in a tall Collins glass and looks quite distinguished with the white froth sitting atop the green liquid. Next, let's revive the creature on the small screen. There are countless film adaptations of Frankenstein that you could easily spend the day watching and more continue to be made. Here are just a handful that are my favorites. Get some friends together and have a movie marathon. So first, there's the 1931 Frankenstein. There's no way I cannot suggest this classic. This is the mother of all Frankenstein movie adaptations. Directed by James Whale and starring Boris Karloff as the monster, this version is based both on Mary Shelley's novel and the play by British writer Peggy Webling. As if that's not enough reason to watch it, it was also inducted into the National Film Registry in 1991 for being historically significant. I also want to talk about seeing the daughter of Boris Karloff, Sarah Karloff, at the Halloween and Horror Convention Midsummer Scream this past July. She was part of a panel titled The Original Monster Kids that also included Bella Lugosi's granddaughter, Lynn Lugosi, and Ron Chaney, who is the grandson of Lon Chaney Jr., who played the Wolfman, and he's also the great-grandson of Lon Chaney Sr., who was the star in The Phantom of the Opera. The interview was hosted by Kirk Hammett, who is lead guitarist of Metallica. It was incredible to see, and there were a lot of cool pictures showing Boris Karloff on the set of Frankenstein and of him in his personal life. His daughter shared a lot of sentimental memories of her father that were great to hear about. If you haven't checked out that blog post, it's up on my blog, Vamp Gems Corner, and it has a ton of photos I took about the event. So read it if you're curious to learn more about Midsummer Scream. Then there's 2012's Frankenweenie. I absolutely love Tim Burton's take on the horror story. The black and white stop motion film is a remake of the director's 1984 short film of the same name. The tale follows a boy named Victor who loses his dog Sparky when he's hit by a car. After seeing his science teacher demonstrate the effect of electricity on a dead frog, he's determined to attempt resurrecting his deceased pooch. Winona Ryder and Catherine O'Hara are among the actors lending their voices to bring this fun and heartwarming movie to life. Then there's Netflix's The Frankenstein Chronicles. 
The British series puts a dark twist on the Frankenstein story and is set in 19th century London. Actor Sean Bean plays a detective who is called upon to investigate a string of murders that seem to be inspired by Mary Shelley's horrific novel. Even better, the author herself, played by Anna Maxwell Martin, is figured into the script. Then we have 2017's Mary Shelley. I enjoy biographical films, but I also know that many don't have the greatest reputation of being accurate. This movie, though, was quite good, and I think it gives an interesting look into the woman behind the novel. The story delves into the affair between Mary and Percy Shelley and the events that led to the writing of Frankenstein. Now, let's lend an ear to Frankenstein-inspired tunes. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while or are familiar with my blog, you all know I love setting the mood with dark sounds. There's a YouTube channel called Fantasy and World Music by The Fectors. I hope I pronounced their name right. But the um, composers have a series of Halloween music, including one track titled Frankenstein's Monster. The melodies are ominous and ethereal. You may also want to check out Midnight Syndicate's album Monsters of Legend, which is inspired by Hammer film classics. Listen to pieces with names like Building the Monster and In the Weeping Sorrow. Now this final suggestion I feel would be the ultimate way to pay homage to the Frankenstein novel. Walking in the Creature's footsteps. And by that, I mean, if you're up for a travel adventure, why not create an itinerary inspired by Mary Shelley's novel? The Smithsonian published a fascinating article back in 2015 when the film Victor Frankenstein starring Daniel Radcliffe and James McAvoy was released. A few of the places mentioned include Geneva, Switzerland, which was the childhood home of Victor Frankenstein, London, England, where 19th century scientific advancements influenced the story's plot, Chamonix, France, the area Victor flees to after his creature has murdered his brother, and of course, Castle Frankenstein in the Odenwald in Germany. So here's an interesting bit of lore that surrounds the German castle. A man named Johann Conrad Dippel was born at Castle Frankenstein in 1673. He grew up to be an eccentric alchemist, and legend has it that he had a fixation with human anatomy and would dig up corpses to perform experiments on them. He supposedly was intent on discovering a way to resuscitate the cadavers. He even claimed to have concocted an elixir of life. Although only speculation, Dipple is believed by many to be the man on whom Shelley based Frankenstein. Another destination, I must add, is not mentioned in the novel, but it is a place dedicated to Frankenstein, and it is the world-famous Frankenstein and Beer Keller in Edinburgh, Scotland. I actually learned about this place because of musician Voltaire. He was on a UK tour earlier this year, and he posted about the bar on social media. It's located in a 150-year-old Gothic church and has three floors, a live DJ, and it hosts fun events. I immediately made sure to stalk them on social media, and from the photos and website, I'm dying to go. So I'll be linking that so you can check it out. A Frankenstein-themed tour would be a hell of a getaway, but even if you can't plan a trip to these destinations now, they make for stimulating conversation. 
Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Vamp Gents Corner. I hope this list has got your juices flowing about ways you can commemorate Frankenstein Day. I think it's also a very fitting way to kick off spooky season. September is practically here, and depending on when you're listening to this, we may already be in September, and falls around the corner. So things really kick into high gear for Halloween. I'm in the process of finalizing my list of macabre outings, and the problem I'm having is that there's so much I want to do but I just can't do it all. Not because I don't want to, but because my bank account is telling me I can't. So I'm doing my best to narrow the list down and we'll have those features over on the blog when the time comes. Again, you can visit my official website at jenvasquez.com where you'll find my latest content and what I've been up to. I've also set up a donations page on there where you can contribute any dollar amount if you'd like to support my work. Funds will go to things like web hosting, equipment, upgrades, and other costs related to producing my content. Any contribution is greatly appreciated. You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at jenvofficial and on TikTok at vampjen. Have fun celebrating Frankenstein Day, and until next time, stay out and macabre.